0: Look, sometimes I, I, with great wisdom, line up messages to the life of the church, because I can be very wise like that, and it fits, and that's just who I am. There are other times when I'm not very wise, and it just so happens that God's a lot wiser than I am, and what's being taught in the life of our study of whatever book we're going through just happens to line up with the life of our church. And my friends, it could not be a more fitting text for the life of our church that we are going to read today. We come in our study of the book of Acts to Paul's farewell message to the Ephesian elders. He's giving up control of this church that he has spent three years weeping over, admonishing, teaching, preparing. And he's leaving these guys to this church. He's saying to these elders that are in Ephesus, it's your turn. Let's roll. I'm out of here. Well, we in the life of this church are in the process. Literally a week from today, we will be electing the elders of this church and saying to these men exactly what Paul says to these Ephesian elders. Could not be a more fitting text. So let's read what Paul says to these Ephesian elders, and let's listen to this beautiful passage um, of Scripture, and we'll glean what we can from it. Acts chapter 20, we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 38. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. And teaching you in public and from house to house. Testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold I am going to Jerusalem. Constrained by the Spirit not knowing what will happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor is precious to myself that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him the ship. Two weeks from now, on May seventh, at our building across the street, which is in good progress, guys. We're making there. Like thank you. Like it's it's gonna be nice. Two weeks from today, in the evening, we will host a service to install the men that you elect next week as the elders of Central Hope Church. At this service, a friend of mine will come and he will speak to all those being installed as elders. And he will give a charge to each and every one who will serve in that position. It's a good charge. It's a charge that, that I was given when I became an elder in the church. And each of you will kneel down and will lay hands on you as is required in Scripture. And then you will be installed. But here's one thing that will not happen on that Sunday. I won't be able to make the charge. I'm not going to be able to speak. In fact, this is the last sermon that I will preach before that Sunday. And so fitting, because this week I get to give you my charge. So I'm speaking really to five people in this room the five men that will become before you as elders. But here's the thing, church do not tune out. Though this text, is given to five individuals, a charge to five individuals, it is so vitally important for you to understand the role of an elder and what God calls each and every elder to do and how to live. I recall when I was just a kid, as many of their kids in here, I mean, I would play with ants on the, on the floor because I was bored. But, but as a competitive individual, I, I brought my competitiveness into the church. A, and I would think, what, how can I win in a church? And the one way that I thought was, oh, if you're an elder, you win. Like the elders are the leaders and the winners, right? That's how you think about it. What it is, is it just exposed my ignorance of what an elder is. My guess is there's some ignorance that some of you have with regards to an elder. You, You might think the elders are the most strong, prominent leaders. You think that the elders are the best businessmen. You might think the elders are most religious or spiritual, whatever it is. There's ignorance that all of us can have about an elder. And so here's my kind of plea with you today. As you listen to me speak to the five men who will be up for uh, electing, being elected as elders, I want you to learn what it means to be an elder. And, and if anything, even though I'm doing this, two eyes, you know, my two eyes to you, five, I want you guys to be doing this to them. This is what I'm expecting you to do to me. An elder is an important part of the life of the church. It's a high calling. But we need to know what an elder is called to do. And that's what we have in this passage of scripture. Paul charges the Ephesian elders to act. And to act in a specific way. And it's really simple. If you want to know what an elder is called to do, it's this. One word. Watch. You see in this text... An elder is called an overseer, a watch. All Paul is really telling them to do is watch. And he he tells them in this passage to watch in three ways. He says to watch yourself, he says to watch the church, and to watch God's gracious word. So let's study this. I'm speaking to five men. I want you five men that are all speaking, Jordan, Blake, Justin, Gabriel, and John Mark. You're being called to watch. You watch yourselves, watch the church, and watch God's gracious words. This is for you. This is my charge to you. This is the charge of Paul to the elders. This is what they're called to do. So let's study these three aspects that elders are called to watch, and may they do that. First, Paul tells them to watch themselves. Verse 28. It's the very first part that he says. After after this whole list of the things, he he basically sets the parameters for his authority. He goes through all these verses of saying, like, this is what I've done. This is how I've uh, operated in your midst. And he's establishing his authority. That's all he's doing in those first parts. And he finally gets to verse 28, and he gives them an imperative. And the first imperative that he gives to these men who are called to be elders is to watch what? Yourselves. Soul care. You've got to watch yourselves. Don't lose yourself in this role. Because there are going to be trials and tribulation. Now what are they to watch? How are we to understand the elders watching themselves? I think there's a lot that could be said. But for the sake of the scope of our time, I simply want to point to... And there's two things or two ways in which elders are called to watch... First, they're called to watch their motives. And secondly, they're called to watch their doctrine or their beliefs. Let's look at this. Watch their motives. Following verse 28, Paul says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So Paul is already preparing these elders for this battle. And that means there will be casualties. And the elders will have to ask themselves, are they serving in this position? for their own glory or for the glory of another. Being an elder is not an easy task. You, five men, will have a bullseye on your back. And you will be shot at. And you might even inflict, get be inflicted with pain. Trust me. I have the scars myself. And the question is, as you watch yourselves, is are you willing to, To take the scars of the church. Are you willing to be bit by the sheep. Because they sin. Because if you're not. Then this is exposing you. Of your false motives. That you are seeing this church as an opportunity. To to boost your own ego. And to become use the church for your own sake. Rather than to serve the church. This idea of, of wolves coming in is actually directly from Jesus. You know this. Jesus in John 10, 12 says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. Check your motives. Watch your motives. Are you serving in this position for your own glory or for the glory of of the owner of the sheep. Uh, There's a saying that I have, and it applies to all the church, but especially to you elders. And it's this. People are not objects to be used, but individuals to be loved. People are not objects to be used, but individuals to be loved. And as an elder... There is a temptation for you to think more highly of yourself because you have been elected to serve as an elder. You have been deemed to be this spiritual person. And you can think, oh, I'm so good. But my friend, people are not objects to be used, but individuals to be loved. And part of that love is to go into the sickness that is in all of our hearts, the the sin in our own hearts, and to bring admonishment. And when that happens, you will be bit. And that scope will go on to you and you'll be shot at. And it's not going to be easy. Watch your motives. Serving as an elder is a high calling and it's a very good thing. But if you're doing it for the sake of yourself and your own glory, uh, you need to check yourself. So watch your, your motives. Secondly, I think as we watch yourselves, I think I'm, I'm going to call you to watch your doctrine. Verse 30, Paul continues this idea and he he says, And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Uh, There's a sense in which there there are people, there's going to be elders, elders themselves that start to speak twisted things that will draw the disciples away from the truth. And so I think what Paul is calling all the elders to be is to watch your doctrine. J- Jesus says this about, about sheep in, in, or, or, you know, wolves in sheep clothing. Matthew 7:15. Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. you will know them by their fruits." Matthew 7:15. Elders need to watch their teachings. And their doctrines. One of the great advantages of a Presbyterian church. Is that our church has a confessional standard. That might be big words for you. But I want you to understand. There are doctrinal standards. There's theology. That each elder has to abide by. And say yes. I agree with that. The five men that have. Gone through the training. Have been taught deeply into these standards. And they've had to. Uh, not only agree to them, but articulate how they agree to these things. And this is a good thing. Because as they study these doctrines, they can know what is false teaching and what is not. What is twisted and what is not. And if it's twisted, the elders can step in and say, no. Paul calls elders in the Ephesians church to watch themselves. And I think Based off of this, at the very least, it's to watch their motives and watch their doctrine. If you get doctrine wrong, you can lead the sheep astray. And this is not the calling of an elder. So how do we think about this church? This is, I'm going to talk to the church about this idea that, that the elders are being called to watch their motives and their doctrine. I think the church should do this. The church should afford elders time to evaluate their motives and their doctrine. I think the church should be very keen to seeing elders go through counseling, elders go through theological education, elders take sabbaticals, elders spend time checking their motives and, and assessing the call of their life. I, I, I think this is a very important church uh, Important thing for the church to do to the elders is to care for them as well. It is a high calling and it is a heavy calling and a heavy burden. But the church should come alongside and be okay with an elder stepping out for three, four, five, six months to rest and recuperate. Gotta watch themselves, church. You know, watch the elders. You know, two eyes. You're two eyes to them. Make sure they're okay suggest it. Hey, maybe you need some time just to rest. That's good. Not asking you to leave, just rest. Because they got to watch themselves. Paul calls these elders to watch themselves. But secondly, not, not only to watch themselves, Paul says, you got to watch yourselves, but Paul calls them to watch the church. Look again at verse 28. Right after he says, pay careful attention to yourselves, there's an easy... And right there. And who else? And all the flock. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Elders, you're being called to watch the church. And there's three kind of ideas that I want you to understand as you consider watching the church. I want you to consider that you're watching the church with context, watching the church with discernment, and watching the church with care. Okay? We're going to, to consider this because I think this is what Paul's trying to get you to understand. Watch the church with context, discernment, and care. What do I mean by this? Why do we watch the church with context? And here's an important part the church isn't just a nice organization that's gathered around the teachings of Jesus. I want you to know this. The church is not just, hey, we just like Jesus. He's great. Indeed, he is great. But I want you to understand that the church is a people that has been purchased by the very blood of Jesus. Get this. The church is the only possession of Christ that has been paid for. I'm going to say this again. The church is the only possession of Christ that has been paid for. Everything else that he owns, he created. He created. But the church he paid for in his own blood. And you must never forget that truth. That the church is his most prized possession. Listen, I run into people all the time who who like, they're starting to distance themselves from the church. It's like, I'm a Christian, but I don't like the church. And to those people, I just want them to know, okay. But you do realize that Christ died for the church. Yes, he died for individuals, but individuals who are a part of the church. So when you take yourself away from the church, you're taking yourself away from the very place where his blood is paid for. Elders, we must never forget this. That the church is the most prized possession of God. He paid for it with his own blood. He went to the cross to pay for the sins that he might possess as his own. As you watch the church, know that context. It is God's most prized possession. But not only do do elders are called to watch the church with context, knowing that it is God's most precious possession, you're called to watch the church with discernment. As has already been said, Paul, Paul, Paul said that fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And you've got to have your doctrine, and you've got to know when that comes in. When, when, when false doctrine comes in, you've got to know when to speak into that. So understand your doctrine. Know and discern what is right and what is wrong. And yes, this includes, there will be fights and arguments, even amongst ourselves. Theological arguments and disagreements. But that's okay. Discernment is necessary. You must watch the church with discernment. You must watch the church with context. You must watch the church with discernment. And lastly, you must watch the church with care you must watch the church with care verse 31 paul says therefore be alert remembering that for three years i did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears here we see paul watching over the church stepping into difficult situations admonishing people correcting people saying The way that you are living is not right. It's the Greek word nuthateo, which is a rebuke, a correction of behavior. But he is not nutheteo admonishing, correcting, in strength. No. What is he doing? Nutheteo admonishing with what? Tears. Paul said, essentially, you must Watch the church with care, with tears streaming down your face as you interact with people who are choosing themselves over God. This is the calling, is that you be so intimately connected to the church that when they sin, it, it, it feels like you're losing a child. Watch the church with care, Elders are to care for the church with proper context, discernment, and care. Elders, are you going to do that? Please do. Please do. This is how Paul calls the Ephesian elders, and this is how I'm calling you to follow in line with the word of God. So Paul calls us to watch ourselves, watch the church. Finally, Paul calls the elders to watch God's gracious words. Look at verse 32. Paul is getting ready to finish his speech to these elders. And in verse 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul is essentially saying, I am no longer going to be your leader. I'm abdicating this responsibility and I'm commending you simply to God and to his word. But what's interesting about this is that there's a clause to his word, isn't it? It's not just to the scriptures. It's not just to the word. It's to what? The word of his grace. And so, five elder candidates, here's my charge to you. Watch God's gracious word. This is what you're called to do. And there's two benefits of this. Paul says there's two benefits. It will build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Let me speak into this very briefly. Build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. First, what does it mean to build you up? There is a temptation as an elder to take the responsibility that is given to you and to think more highly of yourself. And you can have the temptation that if you do better, that you are better, that you are better than other elders. And you get into this comparison game, and then you can begin to think that your your worth as an elder is dependent upon your work, which is just works-based salvation. That is a temptation, and that will never build you up. What will build you up? It's his grace. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, guys. I make mistakes all the time. But sometimes the mistakes are the very thing that God brings about to bring about his glory. And so revel and rejoice in his grace to you. I'm not saying slack and do a bad job. I'm just saying... God's grace will build you up. I recall 2 Corinthians 12, 9, when Paul is talking about this thorn that's in his flesh, you might recall this. And he's saying, to keep me from being conceited, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, what? In weakness. Therefore, I will gladly boast all the more of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It is his grace that will build you up. And you need to remember, this is a position of humility, not of conceit. It's his grace that will build you up and enable you to say this, for when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. It will build you up. God's gracious word will build you up. But secondly, it will give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now, what is this inheritance? Is this a special inheritance for those who serve as elders? Is this some special crown? No. The inheritance that Paul is referring to is the same inheritance that comes to all the people of God The inheritance is the salvation from sin. And God's gracious word will give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Lest you forget, it's not about your work that brings you salvation. It is his gracious word, so watch it. Men, make it your calling. To watch God's gracious word. And to see how God's grace permeates all of scripture. And how that grace, despite weaknesses, displays God's strength. So watch God's gracious word. L- look, I, I-, I-, I want to-, to paint this picture. And this is not supposed to be like, oh, why are you talking about this? It has always been my vision as the planter of this church that if God were to take me get into a car accident have a heart attack whatever it might be that this church would go on. That that, that there would be enough leaders and people in this church that would say no we are a people of God committed to this city and committed to one another to be an outpost of the kingdom of God in this part of our, our region. And if God were to take me so be it. And that is my hope. But we must heed this charge of Paul to the church, to the elders of the church, to watch. The only way this church is going to survive my death is if the men who are elected as elders watch themselves, watch the church with with context, discernment, and care and watch God's gracious word and allow them to wash over themselves each and every day. If that happens, this church will keep ticking well past my time on earth. And that's always what I wanted. It's fitting that Paul said, this is it, I'm gone. And they wept together, and then he was gone. That's it. I'm not leaving, guys. I'm not leaving, okay? I'm not pulling a Paul, but that's my hope. So five men, Heed that charge. Watch yourselves. Watch the church. Watch God's gracious word. Let me pray. Oh Lord, I give praise to you for establishing this community of believers for, for the men, all five men who you have raised up to serve in some capacity. Lord, maybe not all those men will be elected, and that's okay. But the men that are that are elected, I pray a blessing over each and every one of them, that they would be ruled by grace, that they would understand how precious your church is and how important it is for them to care for themselves. Oh, Lord, be a blessing to them. Give them your grace. And may they lead with graciousness and care. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.